The first reading is from Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 to 3. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise. Our second reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 1 to 5 and 12 through 16. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from the supper. He laid aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin, and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. When he had washed their feet, and put on his outer garments, and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example, that you also do, should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. This is the word of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This first message is taken from the Old Testament reading of Genesis and the Gospel of John, as you just heard. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Joseph was the favorite, beloved son of his father, born to him in his old age, born to him from his favorite wife, Rachel, given the robe of many colors, parading it around his siblings who then seek to destroy him, bring him to ruin kill him. And so Joseph goes from being in the highest place of his family, the place of honor, to being sold, becoming a servant, not serving his father Jacob, Israel, but serving another master, Potiphar. Jesus was the favorite because he is the only son of his father born of the Virgin Mary, 
And he is given the noble birth of being born in a manger. Because there was no other place he could be laid. Jesus goes from having all of the power and glory in heaven to no one knowing him. Or at least not very many people knowing who he truly was. There was nothing special about Jesus. Nothing that drew the attention of others. Except for the fact that he was the Son of God. And much later in life, when he begins his public ministry, when he performed miracles, when he walked on the water, when he calmed the storms, when he healed the sick, when he fed the hungry, when he spoke as one with great authority. And because of that, there were those who sought to destroy him, bring him to ruin, and kill him. Unlike Joseph, who didn't see it coming, Jesus did. And that's why he was born. In that humble, hay-filled, holy place. It's why he came to earth, why he left the glories of heaven, why he did not think twice about coming to this sin-filled, broken place we call earth. Everything in his life led to this moment, to this week. And Jesus makes these final preparations. As we think about this evening, Jesus knew everything that was going to happen in his life. He prophesied it. He told his disciples over and over again that he would be delivered into the hands of those who would put him to death. And he is going to allow it to happen. And here we are at Jesus' last moments with his disciples. And he does a number of things with them. The first we see is that he washed his disciples' feet. Their master their teacher, their leader, their Lord becomes their servant. Now, this may have surprised a few of the disciples, including Peter, who then tells Jesus to wash his whole body. But this is Jesus serving these men, as he's really been doing all along. And he's now washing the filthiest part of them, which is why he tells Peter he doesn't need to wash the parts that are clean. But here Jesus is going to wash their filthy, dirty, stinky feet that they have been walking all day in and walking in who knows what. I mean, after all, they did just follow behind a donkey a few days ago. And who knows when the last time they actually washed their feet was. And who knows what else they had on their feet. Corns, bunions, calluses, warts. Jesus comes this evening to wash away all of the dirt, all of the filth, all of the stink that each and every one of us have. And believe me, if we could smell our sin, it would be the worst kind of smell. You know, the kind that makes you dry heave just thinking about it? You know, the kind uh, smell that you just have to walk away from? Because mm, it's so bad, you, you might just throw up. 
Jesus doesn't walk away from it. He doesn't run away from it either. In fact, he walks into it. He gets right up in it. And he takes it as his own. What do you need washed from Jesus this day? What is stinking up your life so bad that no one else can see? That no one else knows about? What's stinking up your life so bad that others do know about? What do you need to repent of? What sins are weighing you down? What burdens are you bearing? What temptations are you struggling with? Do you have concerns about your spiritual life? Do you think that your sins are too great to be forgiven? If so, come. Whatever you got going on today, come. Come with your selfishness, with your lusting after people that are not yours, with your greed for wanting more than what you have. Come with your envy for those who have what you don't have. Come with your hatred who have more than you have, with your hatred for those who have wronged you, with your hatred for those who seem to be favored by others and favored by God more so than you. Come with the lies that you spread about others. Come with all your dirt, all your stink, all your calluses, all your warts. Come and lay them down before the foot of Jesus. Lay your feet down at his. Lay them before him and let Jesus wash you. Let him serve you as your master, as your teacher, as your leader, and as your Lord. Amen. The third reading is from Genesis chapter 43, verses 24 to 34. And when the man had brought the men into Joseph's house and given them water, and they had washed their feet, and when he had given their donkeys fodder, they prepared the present for, for Joseph's coming at noon, for they had heard they, would, they should eat bread there. When Joseph came home, they brought into the house to him the present that they had with them, and bowed down to him to the ground. And he inquired about their welfare and said, Is your father well, the old man of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? They said, Your servant, our father, is well. He is still alive. And they bowed their heads and prostrated themselves. And he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your youngest brother? of whom you spoke to me? 
God be gracious to you, my son. Then Joseph hurried out, for his compassion grew warm for his brother, and he sought a place to weep. And he entered his chamber and wept there. Then he washed his face and came out. And controlling himself, he said, serve the food. They served him by himself, and them by themselves, and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because the Egyptians could not eat with the Hebrews, for that is an abomination to the Egyptians. And they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth. And the men looked at one another in amazement. Portions were taken to them from Joseph's table, but Benjamin's portion was five times as much as any of theirs. And they drank and were merry with him. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise. From the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 26 through 29. And it reads, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. From the Old Testament of Genesis and the Gospel of Matthew, as you just heard. What you see in the story of Joseph is that God was with Joseph. And even though he was sold as a servant, he prospers in Potiphar's house. And then Potiphar's wife accuses Joseph of something he didn't do. And he's thrown in prison. But God is with Joseph. And he prospers there. Ultimately, ending up as the second in command next to Pharaoh. And it's the interpreting of Pharaoh's dreams about the seven years of plenty that are to come and then the seven years of famine that follow that allows Joseph to be in charge of so many things in Egypt, including being in charge of all of the food that is stored away and distributed to those who are in need. And it's during those years of famine that Joseph's brothers are sent to Egypt to buy food, where Joseph sees them and meets them, even though his brothers don't recognize him. And in the reading you just heard, Joseph shares a meal with them, although he is separate from them, eating apart from them. Joseph here is taking care of his brothers. He is giving them all that they need for their body. He shares his own food with them. And only he knows the truth. And from their perspective, 
There is a great mystery surrounding this meal and, and everything that's happened so far with them in their journey to Egypt. They're amazed at it because all of the things that have happened up until this point with his brothers that have led them to come to Egypt to requesting the food. And then they go back home bringing all of the food with them and all of their money as well. And then they have to come back to Egypt and bring the only brother that had been left behind, Benjamin, the other son of Rachel. And then they share a meal, and Benjamin is given five times as much as the other brothers. All the while, Joseph is doing this. He is taking care of his family, unbeknownst to them. And they took it all in, even if they didn't understand it. Tonight, we also think about the second thing that Jesus does with his disciples. And it's a meal that he shares with them, where he institutes his supper, the sacrament of the altar, the sacrament of holy communion. He is not separate from them, eating at a different table. He is right there with them, serving them this meal. And he says to them, take, eat. This is my body. Drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Now there is mystery surrounding this sacrament. How is it that Jesus' body is in this bread, and Jesus' blood is in this wine. How does it work that there is body and blood and bread and wine, all four of these things here? How? I don't know. What I do know is that Jesus says that it is. That this is his body, and it is his blood. It's the word of Christ combined with these elements that makes it so. But still, I don't know fully how it all works. And it gives the forgiveness of my sins because he says that it does. And so we take Jesus at his word. We take his word as truth. That his body and blood are there for the forgiveness of our sins, even if we don't fully grasp it. Even if we don't fully understand it. And so this evening, we come before our master, our teacher, our Lord, and we let him serve us in his supper, with his body and with his blood. Because he's not here just to take care of our earthly needs. He's here to take care of our spiritual needs as well. And because he promised that in this supper, those who believe will receive the forgiveness of sins, we come with all of our dirt, all of our filth, all of our sins, and we come in repentance 
and we lay them all down at his feet at the foot of the cross. Amen. We hear from God's word. The fifth reading is from the 40th chapter of Genesis. Sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. And he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms shot forth, and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, this is its interpretation. The three branches are three days. In three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office, and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly when you were his cup-bearer. Only remember me when it is well with you, and please do to me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, and so get me out of this house." For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the pit. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Here ends that reading. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise. Reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 36 to 45. And Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray 
that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. This is the word of the Lord. From the Old Testament of Genesis and the Gospel of Matthew, as you just heard. After Joseph is thrown in prison by Potiphar for something he didn't do, and before he interprets Pharaoh's dreams, he interprets the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker, those who served Pharaoh previously. He tells the cupbearer that he is actually going to be restored to his rightful place in three days' time. And then he says, Only remember me when it is well with you, and please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, and so get me out of this house. Everything goes exactly as, Jesus, as Joseph predicted that it would. The cupbearer is restored, except the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. And so Joseph stays in prison. And it's only after Pharaoh's dream is not able to be interpreted by anyone that the cupbearer finally remembers Joseph. And so it's actually the cupbearer who ends up saving Joseph because he remembers him. And Joseph is brought to Pharaoh to interpret his dream. So we could say that the one who bears the cup brings the salvation. That's because tonight we also find another cup and another bearer of the cup. Not the cup of the Lord's Supper, like we've previously discussed this night, but the cup that Jesus prays about as he takes his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane. The third thing he does with them. As Jesus goes off to pray, he says, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In order to understand this cup, we go back to the Old Testament. Psalm 75 tells us, For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup with foaming wine, well mixed, and he pours out from it, and all the wicked of the earth shall drain it down to the dregs. And then we have Isaiah tell of a time when the cup would pass from the people. Thus says your Lord, the Lord your God, who pleads the cause of his people, Behold, I have taken from your hand the cup of staggering, the bowl of my wrath you shall drink no more. We've talked about the sins that we struggle with. The sins that 
when we will likely struggle with all the days of our life. And here we see Jesus, knowing that he is fully man like we are, struggling with the reality of this cup that is before him. And that's because this cup that Jesus prays about, he prays about three times, this cup held the wrath of God. It held God's punishment. It held God's condemnation. The wrath of God that all of us deserve for all of our sins. For all of our filth. For all of our dirt. For all of our shame. Our lies. Our hatred. Our selfishness. Our sexual immorality. For not loving God and others. Your sins. All of them. Everything that you deserve. Everything that I deserve. All of our sins. Everything. Fills that cup. The sins of the whole world. Fill that cup. This cup was set before Jesus. And he saw it. And he knew exactly where it was going to lead. This is why he was born. So that he could die. He came into this world for you. For me. For all people. To drink this cup. And Jesus knew that he. And he alone. Had to take the wrath of God. Had to suffer hell. In order to save the world. In order for us to receive the forgiveness of our sins. In order to us for us to receive eternal life. Jesus had to drink this cup in all of its fullness down to the very last drop. The wrath of God being poured out upon him and him alone so that it will not be poured out onto us. Because Jesus knows that the one who bears this cup Brings salvation. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord, our teacher, our master, and our savior. Amen.